and welcome to the Big Q Podcast. I'm Miranda Bartos, and this week is the first episode in a two-part series about drinking on college campuses. This first episode, we will be discussing alcohol policies and responsibility, both in general and specifically the responsibilities of an institution like SCU when it comes to alcohol while the second episode will deal more with the student side of the responsibility alcohol equation. For this first episode, I would like to introduce my guest, Father Jeffrey Bearwald. Father Bearwald, who are you at SCU? First of all, thank you, Miranda, for the invitation to be here and talk about this uh, project with you and kind of this issue in our campus. Uh, my role here at Santa Clara University is as Assistant Dean for Student Life. Uh, in, uh, within our office, there are multiple deans, and we all kind of have different areas that we focus on. Uh, uh, my areas, uh, one of the major things I do is work with students uh, uh, of concern. So uh, students who are just having difficulties in their uh, college career, and those could be academic difficulties, personal difficulties, you know, relational difficulties. Uh, so, you know, and, and people are concerned about them. Uh, and so uh, those students would uh, uh, be referred to, to my office, um, and then I would do reach out, or one of my colleagues would do reach out with the student and see if we can help. One, another major role I have had is um, my, my area, my background is um, I'm a clinical psychologist, and then I trained, uh, after my PhD, I trained in neuroscience. Um, and uh, most of my work in neuroscience was looking at the effects of substances on healthy brain development. Uh, so uh, kind of tracking uh, various types of substances, everything from alcohol, you know, to the st uh, psychostimulants. So we were looking at, for example, you know, the effects of Adderall um, on the developing uh, child's brain up and up and through adolescence. So that's always been part of my interest, uh, both clinical, professional, and also teaching. Awesome. That's really interesting. Okay. So first, I'd like to ask you about Santa Clara's alcohol policy and maybe a little bit on how it was formed. Absolutely. Um, you know, the history of our alcohol policy probably is much like the history of alcohol policies throughout the United States within universities. Um, and they were, they were primarily influenced by uh, uh, state and federal laws. Uh, and those were uh, what the law uh, uh, set as the standard for the drinking age. So, for example, when I was in college, the legal drinking age was 18. Um, and that was true until it changed a couple years after I left college, uh, that it went back up to 21. Then at the same time, universities in response to that shifted their policies uh, to, to reflect that new age standard. And I, the, the biggest reason to be in compliance with state and federal law is really important because oftentimes a university relies on f uh, federal money, you know, to support its programming. And so you have to show that your school policies are uh, in compliance with uh, the, with the f uh, federal reg regulations. Makes sense. You know, and then just to, just to add, so th that, that's the foundation. However, 
let's add another piece to this because we are an academic educational institution, you know, and so it's just not about, you know, uh, that's all there is. This is what the law says, therefore we comply. No, we interpret that within kind of within our own value structure, within our own value system. So what do we value here at Santa Clara? We value uh, uh, community, we value academic integrity, we value personal integrity, we value responsibility, right? And, you know, we, we, we very much value the person and who the person is. And so, we, you know, you can't say in all, in all things there's just one way to do it. No, there. You know, people people will walk their own paths in their own way. As a community, though, we set standards. We we say, as a community, we want to be able to say, you know, this is a safe, healthy environment for people to work, to live, to learn, and to grow. Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned responsibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that. What do we mean by responsibility? What does it mean in general to have responsibility? And can we come up with like a basic rubric of like a, what qualifies? What a great question. Philosophers have been arguing about this since Plato. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. What is responsibility? Um, and, and I won't go back to Plato. I won't, I won't give you a, a lecture on, on Greek philosophy um, of, of agency and responsibility. You know, I like... The definition I like best came from um, uh, Jung, Carl Jung. Um, And Jung said, you know, when we're responsible, uh, that we have a freedom. So first of all, freedom, that's really important. That we have a freedom to respond to our environment, okay? Um, So... Responsibility literally then means freedom to respond. Uh, it's not about, and, and see, there's two parts of that that I find really helpful. Is uh, it's not about, oftentimes we think about responsibility as taking on a burden. You know, I'm responsible for this, I'm responsible, you know, for. Uh, doing this task. I'm responsible to my uh, roommates. I'm responsible, you know, for, you know, my parents or I'm responsible for my younger siblings. That's not what Jung is talking about. He's, you know, it's not about taking on. It's, it's how do you approach your world? And he's saying it has, responsibility has to begin in freedom. I choose to be able to, re, to respond, you know, openly uh, to whatever needs are being put before me, you know, and those could be, I, I choose to be responsible for being a good student, or I choose to be responsible to being a good professor or for me to be a good dean. Um, and that opens us up then, you know, to kind of explore that kind of uh, a relationship that we have with our world. And for Jung also, responsibility is all about relationship. You know, you know, philosophers and theologians like to talk about kind of maybe, and, and there's and, and nothing wrong with this. They talk about kind of a moral ought, a moral should. And sometimes that's, we, we get that hangover. <laughs> hangover is probably the wrong word here. Uh, but we get that carryover uh, is really what I want to say. We get that carryover in our psychological world that to be responsible means to take on, you know, that sense of burden. Where... It's, it's really, how do I relate to my world? And what's my stance to my world? And let me just draw this out one step further. 
oftentimes people say, what are you responsible for? And when you think about that, the question, the, the answer is we're responsible for very little, okay? A parent is responsible for their children, at least until their children become the age of majority. Sometimes as adults, young adults, we might be responsible for uh, our older parents who become incapacitated uh, because of maybe cognitive decline. But that's it. So sometimes students, <laughs> and I can kind of see the, the, the look of quizzical in your, your, your eyes, sometimes students will say, you know, I feel responsible for my roommate. I'll say, really? And exactly what are you responsible for? Right? See, Jung, Jung's point is, I'm not responsible for, for my roommate. And by the way, we're not even responsible for our spouses, for people we love. We're not responsible for them. Because once we, be, once, <laughs> once we take over, once we become responsible for, we're taking away somebody else's freedom. Right? So a, a parent is responsible for their child. They're taking over part of their freedom. Now, as that child, and obviously we do that with infants, we, you know, the parent is the child's complete world, you know, and obviously as that, that, that infant matures and develops into a child and then, you know, a toddler and then into, you know, early childhood and later, later on, you become less responsible for, as that child begins to emerge in their own, you know, psycho psychological self begins to kind of say, I want this, I want that, you know, that the parent can then begin to change, you know, and become less responsible for, and become more responsible to that child. Um, is, is that making sense? Are you following what I'm saying? Yeah. I, what would you call the definition then between being responsible for and being responsible to someone? Good. Um, I'm responsible to other people to be a good friend. I'm responsible to be for to to somebody I love, to be uh, someone who cares for their best interest. Um, but why? Uh, uh, because that def that that defines the very boundaries and the terms of the relationship. Okay. Uh, it, you know, so if I'm in a relationship. You know, with somebody, let's just let's keep it with either very good friends or or a lover. You know, somebody we're very close to, right? And if I'm responsible for, then I'm already saying I'm I'm taking away part of that person's the freedom. I rather than you know the very nature to me of love and friendship is not to take away freedom, but to enhance it. You know, to make it grow. Um, and anytime you feel, you know, and I, t you know, kind of working with students that when people feel responsible for somebody else, then there's what I would call a boundary violation, uh, clearly. Um, and then a need to kind of step back and look at that relationship more closely. What is it about that relationship that either is kind of pulling you to be responsible for? rather than being responsible to. And, you know, and the fact is, and, you know, Miranda, we, I see this all around us, right? Sometimes people, because of their own kind of maybe upbringing, their own, you know, psychological baggage as they come into the world, they want to be taken care of, right? They want people to be responsible for them. 
you know, but that's not an adult stance, you know, towards our world. Um, you know, to, to engender, uh, you know, a sense of responsibility for somebody. Or, you know, there are also people, by, and you probably, it's just the other side of that too, you know, people who want to control other people. You know, uh, they want to be responsible for them. Let me make your decisions for you. Let me tell you what to do and where to go and how to be and, you know, who you're going to interact with and who you're not going to interact with. And, you know, all those things, those are distortions of healthy responsibility. Because at each point you become, you, um, when, we, when we do those things, we become less capable of freely responding to the other as other. Wow, yeah. So you brought up the idea of like a parent being responsible for an infant, not mm -hmm. two, because mm -hmm. the infant is obviously incapable of taking care of itself. Does this maybe equate with like being intoxicated? So I know that when I find myself in situations at parties or things where my friends are getting beyond a level of intoxicated that I maybe feel is intelligent or safe. Yep that I feel compelled to be responsible for their well-being yep. in the same way, maybe, obviously not exactly the same way, but the same way that a parent might feel compelled to take care of their infant who yep. can't take care of themselves. Yep. Does this, does alcohol change a responsibility relationship? Like, do you transfer from having responsibility to someone in a relationship to having responsibility for them? Is that right. a fair trade-off? <clears throat> So some relationships are based upon, and that's a, that's a great example. Let's just stay with that example. So um, you're, somebody is uh, uh, kind of being, um, you, have a, you have a good friend, and every Friday night you go out with your friend, and it's it becomes presumed that you're going to be taking care of your friend that night because your friend, uh, let's say, let's call your friend Sue. Sue is Sue is just going to get drunk. She's going to get smashed. She's going to get hammered. And it, and you understand that. She understands that. Um, and this goes on for a while. My experience has been in the normal course of a relationship, when that goes on and that becomes a pattern of behavior, you're not going to be very happy, right? Because at some point it's going to hitch. Initially, it was probably fun Initially, it was probably maybe kind of, you saw it as part of the trust of the relationship, right? You know, you're like, you're there for each other. You're solid with one another. Um, but then all of a sudden, it really begins to hit you that uh, your friend, Sue, you know, she's, she's surrendering, or surrendering her freedom to you. And then people begin to say, do I want that responsibility, you know? Do I want to take that on? Uh, you know, this is, you know, you, you know, we see this so much, you know, especially within, you know, kind of, uh, uh, you know, uh, systems, family systems uh, are, are often kind of an example of this where, you know, there's, there's somebody who's a heavy user, uh, dependent, and eventually the system will no longer tolerate the so other siblings parents or you know somebody within the folks within the system will no longer tolerate you know taking on the responsibility for this individual they're going to say i'm sorry we're drawing the line here we're, we're drawing a boundary and that boundary is you know you need to start taking care of yourself right 
in this hypothetical situation mm -hmm. with my imaginary friend Sue, mm -hmm. if I have been perpetuating this relationship that like we've both been a part of where she gets smashed and right. I take care of her. Right. And I'm responsible for her. If I've been perpetuating that and then suddenly I decide that I don't want to do that anymore and I draw a line. Yep. Am I then responsible if she gets in serious trouble because I've been being her caretaker this whole time and then suddenly I'm not and something bad happens? Yep. Is that on me? Nope. No. Nope, because it was something you never should have taken on to begin with. But um, I did. But you did. And that and, part's on me. And But that kept you also, so that kept you immature. That kept you from being uh, freely able because you're not free anymore, right? She's not free, and guess what? You're not free in that situation. So once you've surrendered your own freedom, then you've also surrendered what, what it means, I think, to be a mature healthy adult but know? are you a bad friend like according to sue yeah you probably will yeah. be but you are probably being the best friend sue ever had at that point so aa what do they call what do they call people uh like who support the codependent oh. and who's the codependent the codependent is somebody who by their very upbringing has learned to take uh responsibility for other people so this is an individual to, you know uh, this the psych language we like to use is this is the parentified child mm -hmm. right so this is the child who grew up taking care of mommy and daddy so role there was role role reversal and so this is the individual who does not understand what freedom is anymore a child has no freedom to make that decision the child takes that on and, you know, and if they don't outgrow it, if eventually they, they, you know, don't shed that responsibility of, you know, I'm not my mommy's mommy, you know, I'm not my daddy's daddy. They need to take care of me rather than the other way around. Right. But we also pick friends who care about us. Like we want people sure. to care for us and we you know, would hope that our friends would help protect us from a potentially dangerous situation if we are not able to protect ourselves. So where does being, like, nurturing, a good nurturing friend cross the line into taking someone's personal responsibility away? Uh, and it, when I began this, I said, when somebody is doing this over and over and over. Right. So that's when it gets out of line, right? So it's repetition so that's the problem. It's it's a pattern of behavior. It's you know we, you, we, I, I call it just a habit of being. Mm -hmm. It's just somebody's somebody's habit and you bought into their habit. Um, you know, so their 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 bad habit is alcohol, drugs, cocaine, whatever. Your bad habit is them who has the bad habit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Um, but going then to to what you were just saying, I agree. What are, what are friends? True, friend, true friends have your back, yeah. right? You have somebody else's back. You, 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 know, you have their six, you have them covered. You know, we're, you know, and we all realize that part of the human nature is sometimes we just, we kind of mess up and we gotta turn to our friends, uh, you know, to both to help us, to support us. You know, sometimes you have to say, look at, I really messed up really bad. And you, and you kind of expect, you hope, you know, that you haven't messed things up with your friends, but you kind of hope and trust that they're, they're just going to kind of say, yeah, let's just go, let's move on. 
right? Because you don't do this all the time. This is, you know, whether we say that or not, that's kind of the expectation. Um, does that help? Yeah, I think so. It's definitely a a fine line, I think. It is, and it's and it and it's never it's never the same line. Right. Right. Well, and then also like someone's conception of you, like if you just stop buying into their habit or whatever, mm-hmm. and you just stop, like you might know that that's you being a good friend. But if they don't see you that way, and that destroys a relationship, how much was it worth it? Um. I would question how much of the relationship was ever there. If yeah. you've surrendered your freedom to somebody else, um, then I really wonder, you know, was was that a mutual, loving, trusting, giving relationship to begin with? You know, it's sometimes what I like, what I try to tell people is when you're in that kind of relationship where you're feeling responsible for somebody, either because they're drawing on something. By the way, we're always being drawn into this. I'm a good example. Look at what I do. You know, (laughs) I help students. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I feel there, I feel like I have to stand back because I want to say, wow, that's a really a bad choice you're going to make right now. You know, but if I were to do that, I'm taking away their freedom. It's not their choice anymore. No, it's not their choice, you know? And so that, that, so whatever is my own codependent needs, uh, I have to keep those in check, you know, to, to, to be with people. Um, and so one of the images I use for folks is when you're in that relationship or you think you're in that relationship, you got to think about, okay, what's, what's this dance I'm in? And do I want to continue dancing this dance? You know, is, you know, I'm in this, like, you know, we're going round and round and round. And it's the same thing over and over. You know, so I'm in a dance. So my response is, stop dancing. And they'll say, well, that's, that's very easy. Stop dancing. <laughs> a little easier said than done. Stop dancing. So does that mean stop putting yourself in a situation where you might feel compelled to do that or to just stop doing it? No, it's, it's even harsher than that. Stop taking away your friend's freedom, right? Yeah, I, I guess. I don't know. I think that sounds way easier in theory than it does in practice. Because So if we're taking me in as an example, uh-huh. whenever I attend functions where alcohol is present, I find myself becoming more and more compelled to take care of other people. Mm-hmm. So that's on me because I'm taking their freedom mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. But does that mean that I have to just stop doing that? Or is part of my responsibility to myself choosing to not put myself in that situation at all, which would mean that I never get to hang out with my friends when alcohol is present. I never get to, like, attend social functions. Oh, that would be sad. Yeah. Um, no. That's a, I, 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 I think you answered your own question. Um, you said I would have to look at the choices I'm making. You know, and maybe, you know, um, and I'll be honest with you, there are, there are very few times I think it's okay to take over somebody else's freedom. 
And and for me professionally, the only time with with an adult is if somebody's a danger to self or other, then we step in. Um, well, when alcohol's in play, what counts as I a danger know. to self? Oh, right. Because like right? getting so drunk that you throw up is like, I mean, I guess sort of a danger to yourself. Getting so drunk that, you know, you are totally passed out, that you are um, urinating on yourself and defecating on yourself. That's even further than just like vomiting. Oh, that is way down the road. That's, that's, that's you're doing, you've done brain damage. Yeah. You know, at that point, do you become respo- responsible for somebody? Oh, I, I, I think so. Yeah. But I would, you know, in a couple of days, I would want to have a conversation with that person. Sure. So that and it's not a pattern. It's just say, what are we, do- you know, were you just going through a really bad time? Um, is there some other way I can help you? Because this scared me. Right. Right? Yeah. It's it a- does make a lot of sense. Yeah. But it's, so a, like- great, it's a great topic, right? And like, you know, how, how do... You know, like, how do we respond? What's our freedom to respond? How, what's our freedom to interact with our reality and with people and, and things and all these the stuff, but to do so freely? Without taking away someone else's responsibility. Because, mm-hmm. like, responsibility means that you have the ability to make bad decisions for yourself. Absolutely. And we count on it. I do. As an educator, I absolutely count on people making really bad decisions. But that's... They're right. Does mm-hmm. that still mean that you're that's that goes kind of counter to like our common understanding of responsibility? Like how can you responsibly make a purposefully bad decision? Like <laughs> um, but we do we, we do so nonetheless. And when I'm when when I mean it that way, what I'm saying is those we we learn so much about ourselves, you know, through our bad decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just think they're integral. You know, sometimes I'll hear parents, um, if, and if I work with parents or, you know, um, sometimes they'll say, you know, I just, I want to protect my child from everything that's wrong in the world. And I, and I, I get that. I, I you know, um, even though I don't have children, I, I very much would, would feel that same urge. You want to protect your children. But we also do a great disservice, you know, mm-hmm. to our kids. You know, uh, if we if we if everybody is walking around in this kind of bubble that nobody's going to get hurt or feel pain or any of that stuff or make a mistake, um, you know, um, then they're not going to grow. It's like hand sanitizer. Yeah. There you go. Yep. Yep. Better to be exposed to germs and build up a resistance. Yep. Oh, totally. I'm all for that. Yeah. My grandfather was probably one of my first coaches. And I remember him always saying, it's never, ever the mistake. It's what you do with it. And that is just part of my philosophy. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. But it's, again, easier said than done. I mean, not to make mistakes, but to allow that in others. (gasps) Isn't it so hard? Yeah. (laughs) Being responsible is tough. It, no, I get it. I get it. You don't want, you know, you don't, it's hard to watch people you love make bad choices. But you gotta let them. Yeah. 
All right. So now that we've really fully discussed responsibility, that pertains a lot to individuals. So yeah. what does responsibility mean when it's by an institution? Yeah. Like does the definition that we've basically kind of talked about change when we're not talking about individuals? Like what responsibility does an institution have for the people it serves? Because technically when we are on this campus, we I'm to a certain extent surrender some rights. Because it's a private institution. I think some people sometimes think that when you come to kind of like a private institution, you're giving up a certain right. Never. We never give up our rights. Our rights are inalienable rights, whether you're at Santa Clara or San Jose State. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, what, what, could, what could be different? When you come here, you might be, you might be agreeing to live within the, the code of student conduct you know, within which kind of is the parameters of how what we say, how we want to relate with one another, you know, in our community. That code could be, you know, different than Stanford's, could be, you know, is different than Stanford's, it is different than San Jose State. It's what we as an institution, you know, kind of say, but these are the things we value. These are the kind of behaviors we want to promote. And these are kind of behaviors that will, you know, if you do them enough times or with severity, then you probably don't belong to this community. You, you know, this probably is just not the right place for you. Hmm. So we're not having anything taken away. We're just adding new rules, basically, which makes sense. That happens anywhere you, you go. Exactly. Buy into a social contract. Yep. Every okay. time you go, every time you go to the local airport to TSA, there right. you're actually there. You, you are give giving rights, up yeah. your rights, <laughs> <laughs> right? You yeah. Know? Uh, there you give up rights, you know. But once you pass through that and you get on the plane, well, you're playing by somebody else's r- rules. You're agreeing for this service. You'll behave in this way. Right. Okay. So when it comes to making a policy that is responsible to and not responsible for, how does that work? That's excellent. And that's the educational piece. Right, we are an educational institution. People are here to learn, you know, and to discover and discover, you know, kind of many different parts about their life. Um, you know, do do we have this? The code does put down a very specific age limit that we say people, you know, you know, can use alcohol or cannot use alcohol below it, um, but. We also, you know, we do things within a context. Uh, you know, let me give you an example. Um, so we're a Jesuit education, right? We're a Jesuit university. We value what people become. Uh, we look at that. So in our conduct um, uh, hearings, for example, uh, rather than kind of saying, okay, did you do it? Did you not do it? Are you responsible for it? Are you not responsible? Okay, if you're responsible, here's your sanction. Pay 20 bucks, pay, you know, write a paper. In the Office of Student Life, before we ever, even if we get there, before we ever get there, the, the first thing we, we ask is, what you did, is this consistent with who you want to be? So when you got it, when you went out on Friday night, got totally hammered and, you know, almost got yourself killed, is that consistent with who you want to be? 
Is that what you want to say about yourself? Who do you want to be? And that's really different, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and that's, see, isn't, that's about that generative quality of freedom. That helps people become free. You know, uh, asking the question in that way says, you know, this, so this is, this is the stuff that what you did, that's the stuff we're looking at here. Um, just how does that stuff fit for you? And do you want it to say it fits? So is that more of a challenge for the person that you're talking about, or does that have any play in how the policy works? Is it just for people to like think about themselves, or does the idea of how it fits in with who they are play in like what their sanction is? Oh, how the policy for me, operates. Yes, thank you. How do they respond to that question? Is huge for me. Yeah, you know, and sometimes you know, and. and and the fact is, we, we all can't process things that fast. And sometimes somebody will say, I don't know. I just don't know. And, then, and, and to me, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Then I'll say, you know, okay, let's just pause in this process. Why don't we get together next week? You know, give it some thought, you know, because I know this is hard. And, you know, and I'm, you know, I know you're trying to struggle with this. You know, come back, you know, let's talk about it next week. You know, and it doesn't mean, and I don't want to mean, mean in any way by that, that somebody comes by and gives, you know, like a really nice, pat, good, you know, Jesuit answer Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. You know, they're not going to get any sanctions. No, you know, we, you know, we have a system of you, you are responsibility, you are responsible to your community. And if you violate the code of that community, then there could be sanctions. So that's how that works is that you bought into a social contract and you are responsible to the other people in your mm-hmm. community and if you don't act in a way that shows that responsibility to them then you deal with the repercussions of that you deal with the repercussions yeah okay um you know we always want to give people elbow room for growth right sure. we don't want to ever put you know it's just nobody wants to put somebody into a box and say oh this is what you did well this is who you are you know, right. and you can't recover from that. That's an awful place. Right. But at the same time, if you do something that's, like, pretty terrible, even if you're drunk, that doesn't absolve you of responsibility. And not also, even least. if it's not in keeping with who you are or who you want to be, you still did the bad thing. Not you. You absolutely are right. You still did a bad thing. You know, and so, you know, yeah, it's really helpful if you can process that and think about it, but there will be repercussions. You know, there have to be, especially, you know, um, if there is violence, if there, you know, if there is, you know, uh, either physical violence, sexual violence, emotional violence, that has huge repercussions. Right. Or like the incident in Casa. Yeah. Where I mean that wasn't technical violence but it was the implication of violence. It's certainly how many in our community responded to how they felt, you know, from that with um, within our community um, that it, it it felt like a betrayal, I think it felt like um, uh, you know, a, a betrayal of a basic trust of one another. Right. Right? And th- and that felt violent for some people. Yep. Well, and the things that were 
written were also calling back to things that have been mm. violent. Like a swastika is an inherently kind of violent symbol because of the way it has been used in the past. Mm-hmm. There's implied violence in it. Right. That's what it's become associated with. Right. Yeah. You know, so yeah, some people, yeah, felt violated from that. And that broke responsibility to the community. It broke what it broke one's relationship with the community. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. So there's a lot involved in responsibility. Isn't there though? There's a lot of facets of being responsible to and not responsible for. Yeah. And if you're ever in that situation where you all of a sudden you feel like you're responsible for, you know, you might say, All right, right now I am. That's just all right. That's what I'm gonna do. That's fine. Mm-hmm. You just be aware of it. That's what you're doing. Okay. So an awareness and a lack of repetition. Yeah. Watch patterns. Watch the patterns. You know, um, you know, because you know patterns are really insidious. All mm-hmm. of a sudden, like you never know. You ask people. You look look into your own life. I ask other people. So this dance that you've been dancing. When did you start dancing it? And we we go. I don't know, <laughs> you know, right? And that and that kind of points to the pattern just became part of my life, um, and I was not aware of it. Right. Um, so that's more, limiting your freedom. What's that? Because that's limiting your freedom. Yeah, exactly. To be constricted to that pattern. Yep. Yep. Well, all right. There's a lot to this responsibility thing, and I'm glad we got to parse through some of it. Well, thank you. I enjoyed uh, parsing through it with you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much for being here. You got it. All right. You just heard uh, me, Miranda Bartos, and Father Jeffrey Bearwald talking about responsibility. Stay tuned for the next episode where we'll talk a little bit more about culture of alcohol on this campus and some more about responsibility. This has been the Big Q Podcast.